0: Strip down, Know Nothing podcast, focusing on the bare-naked ladies. That's right. Whether they are hellbound or heaven sent, from maybe you're right to Elf's Lament, it's it's all been done, <laughs> the podcast. Boy, usually I have more of a grasp on it than that. He's a loser baby who can't get anything figured out. It's my co-host Evan.
1: He can't keep his fingers out of anything. Fingers out of anything. It's my co-host, Saker. <laughs>
0: You had to. You did the double as well. I'm impressed. That's the first time you've done some uh, some
1: harmonies as part of your description of me. <laughs> I always harmonize. Oh, you do. You we just can't hear it.
0: Oh, I see. It's a, it's a, you're harmonizing.
1: They're above the uh, audible spectrum. I see. Dogs love your singing voice. Actually, it makes them howl. Does it really? Yeah, they they go ooh, 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 one of those. Yeah, and run away. Are you? What... But I love dogs, so I don't want to hurt them.
0: I know you used to be a, a dog person. You Used I to own know. dogs. You Used to
1: be friends with them. Be friends
0: with them. <laughs> <laughs> to them. You used to talk to used them. Used to put them
1: up for political office
0: oh man good times but then to build them little houses you had a child and yeah. your child is your new dog it's that's pretty,
1: pretty of, much it's like it a dog works. that slowly learns how to talk right
0: that's the dream my friend is
1: it the dog that slowly learned how to talk what would you you wouldn't want a dog talking
0: no you're right because they would just yell for food at all the time i suppose yeah, right they're yeah. always hungry and then you'd feel bad putting
1: them in the kennel you're right yeah. this is getting yeah. you don't weird. want your dog to talk <laughs> yeah you okay. feel super bad or any pets for that matter yeah 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 okay good Except point. for like i mean if you had like well you wouldn't want to i think if it could if a pet could talk it could not be a pet People right it volu- would be a slave People essentially
0: really own parrots right let me posit this to you oh yeah and those are literally the people reason people like them
1: that's fair right that's fair like the parrots and like the cockatiels that do can y- talk do you consider
0: parrots to be subservient i animals? almost have to <laughs> based on your random criteria yeah I, have no, I mean like the there's show.
1: that i mean there's that really poignant ted chang story that they talk about uh, parrots it's like a i i would suggest everyone go read it Mm -hmm. Uh, i forget what it's called but it's great (laughs) it's about parrots as aliens on the planet like that they're they're an intelligent species that we've ignored on this planet oh oh and and it makes it's really it's a really sad and poignant story yeah okay It was about that the smart like the smartest parrot he had like the most number of words it wasn't he wasn't a parrot he was like a cockatiel or something Mm -hmm. some sort of parrot subspecies Mm -hmm. but uh he would always say good night i love you be (laughs) good that's how those were his last words
0: good night i love you be be good good. to his owner I feel like you've said that to me before, and now I understand That's, the reference.
1: Yeah. <laughs> I, took, I like to bury them deep. You do. Just like my bodies. <laughs>
0: Jesus. Years of friendship between us. I thought you were honestly just nice to me. I
1: got to hold surprises. You I gotta do. Hold, I got to hold back a little bit. You
0: have, um. these are like season ending cliffhangers. You're like I, a,
1: yeah, you're like a dog. If I fill your bowl with food, you'll just eat it all. So I got to I gotta just, pour. I got to ration out your uh, our friendship memes. I,
0: I am a dog that slowly learned how to talk. That's how people <laughs> describe me a lot of the time. I think
1: there was a review for our, our uh, podcast that, requ- that described Two you as a dog. Dogs.
0: <laughs> Two talking dogs. It was actually a review for the show Two Stupid Dogs, but uh. it was the same review for us and for that it's true
1: um yeah okay how's your week been ev Uh, it's been a week okay it's been one week (laughs) great very helpful they they sort of blur by for me now yeah when you say we'll see you again in one week at the end of every episode i just flash i just like (laughs) i have a moment of lost time and then i'm back at the fucking mic again
0: Perfect, that's like just exactly... blinking,
1: like how did these notes get in front of me? <laughs> how... There are lines highlighted on this sheet. What's going on? You
0: don't remember having seen your your son for months now. I have a son. <laughs> oh
1: no. This we're is getting, awful. We're getting pretty weird tail creepy with this.
0: We are getting weird tail creepy. And in fact, excellent segue, my friend.
1: That's why I made the segue motion.
0: <laughs> you, did, you said weird tail That's why creepy. I stood
1: up and then pretended to ride a little like <laughs> segue around the around the studio.
0: Yeah. Uh, you could have just hopped on the segue. I keep in the studio at all times. God, I don't want to get my foot juice over it. That's true. Um, we have a, uh, a a one of the founders of the Nerdy Show Network today. And her podcast, The Call of Cthulhu Mystery Program, is topping the iTunes charts it's cap blackard hi cap how are you (laughs) hi saker i'm doing great how are you folks i am excellent thank you for asking i don't know how i am
2: (laughs) you're you're displaced from time and space and 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 memory and you're threatened by pets who may talk which is i really need to assert that's an eventuality that will probably happen within our lifetimes if we live to expect and see if that can be deemed possible in this day and age so
0: Uh, was up a documentary is that what i am to take (laughs) from that movie maybe Okay. <laughs> Interesting. Yeah, that seems like a nightmare. I mean, it sounds nice once you say, I want my dog to talk to me. But it's true. They would just be asking for the same thing over and over again, right? Or well, will we be able to have intelligent conversations? Uh, Cap, as the foremost <laughs> expert in dog-human relationships, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. tell me, how is it going to go?
2: Well, Saker, I'm glad you asked. So here's the situation. <laughs> I, I think that it's not just about... If it was just dogs talking, then we've got uh-huh. then we've got problems because then we have to actively listen to them and it's like... It's like having a, a, a baby child, a baby human child. Sure. Not, not particularly nice in that facet. But it, if there is the com- capacity for, you know uh, you, we know that other species have a lot of cognition, but if we can actually have mm-hmm. an exchange of ideas, then things will get actually a lot easier. And and I mean I view my pets as my roommates in a lot of ways, and tr- I feel that treating them with that respect has allowed for us to have a more uh, complex relationship than most people allow for. Especially if you're treating other species as children, um, and uh, and so in that way, I think that I think that we're on the road to bigger, better things if we're able to develop technology that can bridge the speciesial gap.
0: That is exactly why people tune in to this podcast. <laughs> they gotta hear that news. You are right. We gotta have nuance in our relationships with our animals.
1: It'll be hard because we'll have to justify our history with them too. Oh boy, I know. Ooh, that's so that's gonna, gonna be. be it's gonna be difficult. Very, yeah. Very. Oh,
0: very. weird shades of the past. Okay. Yeah. That's that's weird. I don't like that. I don't like that. Yeah, how will we You don't
1: but... want to be responsible for anything.
0: <laughs> well, come on now. You just want
1: the anthroparchy to reign forever and all other living beings to be subservient to you.
0: Anthroparchy is a great word. Well, I tried
1: to like do a patriarchy but just for anthropology Sure. Anthro- sure. Anthropom- I I think I, don't know. I am Anth-
2: in love with that word. I am for it. Uh you know <laughs> that yes. <laughs> in general, yes,
0: yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Hey Cap, so here's the deal. You Mm. are uh, one of the founders of the
2: Nerdy Show Network, correct? Correct. Yeah, back in uh, 10 years ago, 2009. Oh, wow. Congrats. Thanks. (laughs) Thanks. <laughs> yeah.
0: Hot damn! That's a long time to I mean, run. Most a ne- network. Most
2: networks
1: don't last that long.
0: Yeah, so. indeed. You've, Will
2: IABD
1: you've... stand the test of time? <laughs> Who knows? The uh, um,
2: our, our titular show, Nerdy Show, is uh, last last we heard from an, an outside survey, the longest running games and hobbies podcast of all time. Oh wow! God damn! Wow! That's impressive. I mean, you have to you have to I, I guess people get bored with doing a gaming podcast,
0: right? It's less fun to talk about games, except if you make it interesting. I'm very impressed. Ten years is crazy that's awesome well
2: it does it that uh, that nomenclature doesn't really account for the fact that the show has in fact evolved into basically a personal diary for anyone who's involved mostly me um <laughs> oh, Jesus. but um okay. in in our in our 10th year we've decided not to go out with a bang but with a slow whimper uh, <laughs> um, but in this case actually it means that we've transitioned over to mostly audio drama programming and and we really uh, stuff via our, our titular long-running show whenever we uh whenever we want to i've got something coming up with the with one of my favorite artists of Ninja Turtles coming up so. Oh, Oh. That's real cool. All right. But here's here's my question.
0: Most people who we've talked to who enjoy BNL and you actually contacted us, which is very rare to be a guest on this <laughs> podcast. In fact, perhaps maybe never done before. <laughs> Trendsetter. Trendsetter, yes. Do you think there's a link somehow between nerdiness and Bare Naked Ladies and what do you think that link is?
2: Yeah, I I do. Um and it's not the Big Bang Theory because that is an atrocious program. <laughs> um True, yes. It's it's the except except for the theme song. Except for <laughs> the perfectly good theme song. Um it's I, I believe you know it's funny funny music like things like, like the thump the funny music project um, Weird Al Yankovic they might be giants there is a natural inclination for nerds or at least nerds as we were formerly known before you know uh, our culture permeated and saturated all of uh, human reality um, there's uh, we are more inclined to enjoy uh, funny things childish things into adulthood which is uh, something that was frowned upon and throughout most of the 20th century. <laughs> so when you ha- when you have a band like Naked Ladies who are willing to embrace whimsy at the same time as having some admittedly like pretty heavy and emotional songs uh, that mm-hmm. that draws us in. We're like we're emotional beings um, and we also like funny shit and uh, and we don't see the need to ever conventionally, quote unquote, grow up.
0: Yeah, I like I like the idea of nerdiness not being you know just nerdiness, but also being emotional vulnerability. Sure, the the ability to wear what you love on your sleeve. I think absolutely. Now, Evbo, you know that's true. Wait, I mean, why are you coming at me? Because you're giving me the stink eye. Because you you think I don't have a point. But I right. I mean, nerdiness is kind of emotional vulnerability. When you wear a uh, a a a Darkwing Duck
1: shirt in public, it might have been at one point, but it's certainly well, not anymore. You're right.
0: You're right. I think we came from. I am kind of curious to see how the next generation processes their love of things that are, you know, video games and anime and things like that, because they are conventionally acceptable now no it's I normal I mean, it's like talking about
2: oh. sports
1: that was literally what i was gonna say yeah, so yeah, yeah you're 100 yeah. on the same same uh <laughs>
2: mental track yeah uh yeah absolutely now Saker, um, you're a pretty big nerd and i know this and you're my kind of nerd because you mentioned in a recent episode that during your wedding you played the theme so- the love theme from mother three <laughs>
0: yes this is true i actually i think we sort of uh internet stalked each other a little bit because i saw that you had a mother to mobile uh that you (laughs) just got as a gift from someone and i felt an immediate kinship with you yes we are the same kind of nerd i have a mother (laughs) evan you're here too we acknowledge you we respect you Yes, uh, yeah, Earth- for this. Earthbound is my favorite video game of all time. Mine Love too. It so much. <laughs> oh, that's so good. I live on Earth. <laughs> I've never left this planet. Shut the fuck up, Evan, we're having a moment. <laughs> uh, yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, and actually, you, you've you mentioned the fump, which is the first time I've ever heard the fump outside of people who were on the fump mentioning the fump. So. <laughs> Here's a question I wanted to ask you, Kat, beyond yeah. that nerdiness question. Yeah. Um, you are a illustrator, or graphic designer, correct? Mm-hmm. So, Maroon, I think you said is your favorite Bare Naked Ladies album, and it has the most I think unique graphic design out of all of the Bare Naked Ladies albums because it's kind of this very weird, abstract, like just shapes and eyeballs. And do you think that it was it? Part of that maybe was what attracted you to the album, or did you have any thoughts on the graphic design for Maroon? Or
2: um, I, You know, I regrettably, I don't have the liner notes in front of me. I actually don't know who made, who did the, the art for it, but it is, it is beautiful painting. It takes a lot of uh, googie designs from like the 1960s and, and fifties and, and implements them in this very nice, like surreal um, sure. compositing which each other. And it's, it's lovely. Um, it's not what drew me to it specifically. Cause I was, I was there for the songs for sure. Um mm-hmm. And, uh, uh, but, but I, I mean, it is without a doubt the, the chicest, most attractive looking record they ever released.
0: Yeah. I, it's, it is so cool. Ev, do you, did you ever see the album or, or did you just hear it? I, you mean like look at the album yeah, cover? Dude, yes. it's such a cool album. I don't know. Are you <laughs> you're looking at a tiny JPEG on my screen? Are you impressed by this tiny JPEG? Yeah. Super impressed.
1: <laughs>
2: Like, the the like, interior back, like when you when you open up the the jewel case and the 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 piece on the back, which was used as the uh, the single art for Pinch Me, is even better than the one they chose for the cover. Yeah, with this, like, yeah, frog that's head.
0: true. Yeah, uh, yeah, oh yeah, all their singles kind of have that same. Uh, Powder Blue has the same sort of. Or, was Powder Blue a single? No, I think it was just B-side. It was side. the B side to the Pinch Me single. That's why we are the Know Nothing Podcast. (laughs) Uh, All right, well, we are talking about one of the other singles from Maroon this week, so let's get straight into it. Today's song is called Falling for the First Time, and if you've never heard it before, here is a quick sample. Right, so Cap, uh, yeah. tell me—you have obviously heard this song before as a fan of Maroon. Um, are, you a f- are you a fan of this song?
2: Hey, it's a fine song. Um, it is—it <laughs> is a 100% adequate song on what is otherwise mm-hmm. a phenomenal record.
0: Wow! Are you—that's a big swing. This is one of the three singles from the album, but you're not a huge fan of it. What—what what about it to you is—is is simply adequate?
2: Well. Um, I think well, I I have I have a uh, an idea about how yeah. I want to how I want to represent my description of this song when it comes to where, where we're deciding, you know, on the the layers of nudity that the song sure. represents. Sure, um, sure, But but I suppose in, in summation, it is it is it's a pop song about relationships. It's fun to listen to. It is not offensive at all. It's not dumb. It doesn't have any weird throwaway lines about underwear in it. Um, <laughs> mm-hmm. Uh, it is a perfect introductory Bare Naked Ladies song for the general populace. It might get you in in the door to get to where this album like actually gets quite real, uh, because this is the last song in a five-song cycle as the um, in the in the course of the album. There's like five pop songs up front. You get this one, and the remaining eight songs are all narrative-driven story songs that are above average in terms of Bare Naked Ladies songwriting quality.
0: Wow. I've never thought about it like that. But yeah, you're right. The next, Jesus. Yeah, the next seven songs are all story songs. That is insane. Um, Okay. And they're all (laughs) sung by Stephen Page. What a strange way to end an album. Um, Yeah, you're right. Although I don't know if I'd necessarily characterize Go Home as a pop song, but you're right. It has much less substance than the back half of this album. Um, oh man, this one is going to be a dream resequencing. Ev, we're going to have a good time. <laughs> we're going to mix those stories up. Um, uh, so I, I agree. It is this is a very very classic sort of pop song sound. Um, nothing really totally stood out for me in terms of besides for Kevin's piano. Holy shit,
1: Kevin's piano on this song yeah. is delightful. That was probably is- the only the only instrumentation i actually kind of enjoyed the rest of it was just it just it was just like a straight down the plate like song i'm so chill no wonder it's freezing i'm so still yeah it didn't feel like a bare naked lady song to me even just Mm -hmm. because it was so poppy sure and usually there's just they have a little like a like a twinkle in their eye as they do it, but this mm-hmm. just felt like something that some studio exec had made them do.
0: Yeah, to yeah.
1: me. And I again, I, I 100% agree with Cat. I don't think this is a bad song. I think this is a perfectly serviceable song. Yeah, yeah. But um, I the thing I liked most about it are the lyrics. Like I'm really liking like existential Ed. Existential. Ed. <laughs> <laughs> like this whole like when he, when they hit when they hit big with stunt, and then he's like meditating on success. Yeah. Like the last like couple like pop songs have been that. Yeah. And I'm really really enjoying it. Like I mean. I can see like Ed like cuz he's 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 basically graduated into like s- not stardom but mm-hmm. you know nominal stardom. So he's 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 remembering like hustling on the streets with his boys like playing back alley concerts in Halifax yeah. and like trying so fucking hard and he's out there hustling with the bean- bean aches. and then like it's like squatting in fucking video booths and stuff, you know, <laughs> like trying to get played on Canadian television. Yeah. And then now he's made it and he's like, what's what's this all mean? What's it supposed to be? Sure. And how am I supposed to feel about it? So he's like it's fun to watch him sort of process that and come away with, oh, yeah, this really isn't as what I this isn't anything like I thought it was going to be
0: yeah it's an interesting follow-up to go home whereas go home is like how do i become famous in canada as well as the united states this song is like it is okay if i don't right like it's okay Mm -hmm. to fail it's okay to fall him
1: saying like you know maroon might not be as big a hit as stunt right you know it might not have the same like radio play and you know what that's fucking fine sure i think
0: yeah. I, I mean it's
1: it's sort of like pinch me in a way. The video for Pinch Me specifically where he sort of just like leaves his job and runs off and feels better, you know? And he marries yeah. that uh He
0: marries the chef. The chef. Yeah. yeah. Very possibly so.
1: We all want to marry a chef, okay? Yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's the dream, right? Um yeah, I guess yeah, that's that's true. This one is kind of existential, ed isn't it? I didn't think of it as a counterpoint to Go Home, but you're exactly right. There is. This is one of the songs that has a canon explanation to it. Steve said, "We wanted to write a song about a." Perfectionist. Steve said <laughs> "What uh, We wanted to write a song about a perfectionist who discovers the joy in falling. How he's got to learn to fall before he learns to fly, and how that fall makes him feel a freedom he's never felt before. I guess that's why we removed the lyrics that Ed had improvised. Those lyrics, being, <laughs> Jesus was it? Anyone itchy must be chafing. Anything chafing must be red. Anyone read must be important. Anyone importance already dead. But far from falling, check out how Tyler and Kevin are playing their asses off. Thank
2: God they took that out. So that's that's not comedy writing. That's an actual thing that was actually written for this Ed, actual song.
0: Yes, Ed improvised those lyrics and Steve was like, Yeah, we gotta get rid those, buddy. But I can't, is it crazy like that Ed wrote this song about existentialism
1: and then wrote in the
0: lyrics anything
1: it's just made you say underwear, you know, he just can't help himself. Like he's got tics like that. Austin. he can't like he can't take himself seriously
2: like and that that is that that would have like really harmed this song but i do love that anyone important is already dead <laughs> yeah,
0: that's <laughs> great yeah the the only line in there that kind of was like huh is anything red must be important <laughs> which is oh unless it's r-e-a-d oh uh, no anything important must be red fuck it i don't know but anyway i you mean yeah. stop signs <laughs> oh shit that's true you gotta stop man this is important listen to me <laughs> Um, yeah. Oh man. But I really, really, I I hope live they just throw that verse in there (laughs) somewhere because goddamn, it's a delight. Uh, Other, there's a lot of- Is it? It it is. You don't think it would have harmed the song. Cap is right. But it's, now that we have distance on this song, I think it's okay to look back on it and go, it's all right if I fuck around with this song a little bit, right? So like live, if they were to do it in concert in this Hootie uh, opening set- they could be like, "Let's fuck with falling for the first time." Uh, they're
1: not going to do this song in the opening <laughs> set.
2: In terms of song meeting, um, I, I'm fascinated by like I've I've listened to the past several episodes that have been released of your coverage of Maroon and like and how often you're able to point to like, no, this is them com- like self reflecting on their situation. Because mm-hmm. um, I never read any of those songs in that way, just consuming it as you know like not doing analysis on this record. Um, sure. And with this one. There's just one word, one single word, uh, I mean, uh, that that totally shaped how I viewed this song, which is now completely wrong. Like, it's completely wrong. And it's that. (laughs) There's no wrong way to view this song. Yeah. It feels just like I'm falling for the first time. It feels
0: just like I'm falling for the first time. It feels just like I'm falling for the first time.
2: Which I took to mean falling in love. And. And really, Um, it it feels just like I'm failing for the first time would, would, you know, be more specific. Um,
0: I I wrote down the exact same thing. I think there's a canon meaning, and then there's a one about falling in love because I... I, I truly think that that is how I read it as a kid and how I would still read it had I not read that canon thing. It I think you be, totally
1: have a, a point there. Yeah, it can definitely be read that way, I think, because, I mean, when you're starting a relationship with someone, especially it's like your first love, mm-hmm. the person you're first falling for. Like, I, I remember back, and this is just anecdotal, but I feel like everyone has a similar experience where you're trying to show them, like, your idealized self. Meanwhile, worrying about all the fucking actual problems you have. Yeah. So you're trying to show them you're cool, but you actually like think you're a loser. You're trying to like put on this like facade. And so I think that I think you can, I think that's a viable read. I don't think that's a wrong way to look at the song. Yeah, well, I mean,
2: like it's more than just anecdotal evidence about about relationships. There was actually a 2013 study that definitively confirmed that high levels of passionate love in an early stage of a romantic relationship are associated with reduced cognitive control. Awesome. <laughs>
0: Holy shit. Okay, you you came
2: fucking prepared, prepared.
0: <laughs> this is listen i think you're on the wrong podcast <laughs> uh yeah I, I don't the only thing that would throw me for a loop with with that read is anyone loved can be lost which seems very sad in that context that's just truth know.
2: everyone dies <laughs> <Yeah>.
0: <laughs> he's just being realistic Lovely. Anything loved can be lost.
1: Maybe. <laughs> there's like a there's like two different sort of themes that he sort of threaded together, or they've sort of threaded together, like the the actual versus ideal self, and then like the like meditation on the potentiality of inevitability, like like think anything love can be lost, anyone perfect must be lying, sort of thing, like everyone's going to show their true colors eventually, sort of thing. Sure. And he sort of threaded those together, I think, in a in a fun way that I enjoyed. This song really grew on me. I did not sure. like it at first because it was just like, oh, this is just a pop song. <laughs> but then then I uh, dug it. Why are you laughing like you're I afraid just, of me? This
0: is no, this is. Uh, I love every guest that we have and I love you, but you said the phrase, the potential inevitability of what the fuck did you just say? And I, well, anyway, I truly felt like, oh no, I'm in a room with two people who are so much smarter than I am right now. This is bad. This is not good. Cause I wrote, here's a, here's a, here's one of my, uh, writings for my notes here. Tyler's drums are fun. <laughs> <laughs> so good on you
1: guys. You make the good beats. <laughs> you
0: make fun song noise. Um, oh. Yeah, but I, I I I agree. I think that's uh, whatever you said. I agree with it. <laughs> I could be wrong. <laughs> no, you're not. You're not.
1: Um, and I I really like like the juxtaposition... on the music on the level of musicality. I like the juxtaposition of the like the sort of these sort of like meditation on existence lyrics with like just the poppy jangle that they were going for and i think that that seemed almost like a like a meta commentary on the actual like production of the album like sure we finally made it as pop stars but we don't feel like pop stars yeah
0: it's that diegetic sort of yeah happy with Mm -hmm. sad yeah i like that um let's since we're already sort of on lyrics let me tell you that there's one lyric uh that i kind of just hung on much like cap it really like i mean except for for me this one was one that just made me grind my teeth and lay awake at night and it's i'm so green it's really amazing Hey, here's the reason. For me, this song is like a game. Bare Naked Ladies is playing with you, right? They're saying, you know, uh, I'm so cool, but I'm a loser. I'm so smart, but I'm dumb. I'm brave, but I'm a baby. And this is the first and only time in the whole song, like when they break the rules once and never explain it. I'm so green, it's amazing. That's not an opposite. Like you're playing a game with me. Follow the rules of the game, Bare Naked Ladies. <laughs> I need you to play this correctly. Um, but uh, but yeah, that that one. That just made me kind of. It, it feels like a first draft, last draft sort of lyric. I don't know.
2: I think I actually think it's really, really strong. And I also want to point out that this uh, this obsessive compulsion you have about them keeping in the pattern. That's, <laughs> oh God. That, 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 that's a byproduct of a reduction in serotonin, which is also one of the the elements of. Uh, <laughs> You know, when, when in in an early relationship, the sexual arousal that happens, you get a lot of dopamine, uh, you get a lot of uh, uh, norepinephrine, and I really want to take advantage of all these notes that I made, and so then you get this reduction in serotonin, and uh, and you become like that that makes you obsessive compulsive in a way, and keeps you awake at night, just like you were saying. Um, <sighs> but but I love I love I'm so green. It's really amazing because it, it's this, it becomes more conversational suddenly. They did set up a pattern, and they broke right. the pattern, and they used. Um, I I kind of I'm always really drawn when people use the term green in terms of being inexperienced, mm-hmm. and and I love him saying it's just really amazing because this, this person this singer is so confident about the, the person that they were before that's now being completely messed with by whatever environmental factors. Mm-hmm. Um, they're just exhilarated by finally failing.
0: Yeah, man.
1: I mean, there's there's freedom in failure. There I mean, is. Yeah.
0: Free- Wait, so is this song too nice to failure? <laughs> is there is there such a thing as being like?
2: N- I, <laughs> no, because it's dark. Because it like because it gets it gets dark. Like um, anyone perfect must be lying. Anything easy has its cost, etc., etc. And then you know, nursing an infection like. Yeah.
0: That line is great. I love the nursing. What if I failed line.
1: every time? <laughs>
0: yeah. Um, yeah. I don't know. Do you feel like maybe the, what if I nurse this infection, those lyrics might still be attached to that. Like anything itchy must be chafing. No, I think, I think
1: he, he, he realizes like, uh, like Cap was saying that, uh, you know, there's, there's sort of a freedom and failure that like, you know, mm. it, you can, it, fe- it can feel good. It can be, fr- it can be, you know, liberating in some ways. So I think he's like, maybe, you know, maybe it's okay to fail. Yeah. What if I, you know, what if I just failed sometimes? Yeah.
0: Yeah. I agree. I mean, I'm
1: gonna, so but I gotta be okay with it.
0: I also, I, I feel like it, it, you got, you, you both are, are, are touting the virtues of the song, which I think it definitely has, but I almost feel like, I think it was Ev, I'm trying to remember the song, um, but it, you said you, you kind of reduced it to its component. Oh, it was when you dream, right? Where you mm-hmm. reduced it to its component parts. Like this is, it feels so reductive and facile. Like, here's a thing, but consider. Can it be the other thing? Anything <laughs> stinky can smell nice. Anything chopped can also be diced. Like it's like, can he be saying anything here? I I mean I, I, yes. I, I appreciate the, the sentiment, mm-hmm.
1: but Well I think that like when You Dream, he was literally just grabbing anything. He th- It was like a stream of consciousness sort of thing. Sure. These are all germane to the actual topic of the song, which, uh-huh. which makes me like it a little bit better. But I definitely see your point, and I think I agree with you. I think my original listen to this, I didn't remember this song um even though it was a single on Maroon I right. remember originally listening to it and being like my my first note is it's 145 and I'm already bored with this song because <laughs> uh, there's there's not much like it's it's sort of repetitive in the way that pop songs are yeah and uh i mean he's just saying the same thing over again like you said sure. so it's it's like it didn't hook me and i'm expecting this is BNL like i want an earworm yeah and this song was not that for me so i'm like god i'm so bored but then i listened to it 50 more times and it really started to grow on me <laughs>
0: Okay, all right. Um,
2: Cap, did this song grow on you, or did it grow off you? I'm not sure. I mean, I've I've spent a lot of time with this record in in uh-huh. life. I was 16 when it came out. Oh, um, that's the perfect age. Yeah, and and I and in hearing Maroon, like I thought, like, whoa, these guys are way more than I thought they were. Mm. They might be like our Beatles, like for this time <laughs> period. But then the, then the, then everything to everyone came out, and I was like, oh, that's wrong. That's not that's not true. <laughs> Oh no. I love it.
0: That's that's one that I will go to bat for that I know people are going to fucking fight me on when we get to everything to everyone.
2: Oh man. That's Yeah, that's it's a good album to me. But I understand why people hated it. Um, but, I, but I sing along with this song. Like I I can't help it. I've caught myself like it was in in various like note takings, listenings for this you know podcast like i just realized oh yeah i'm singing along to it already this must be good like it's yeah. fine mm-hmm. yeah this that's is fine. interesting because
0: I, I i think it grew on both of you and for it me did. it also it, it was it was it kind of degraded the more I less too because i i clearly this song is like a a hallmark of my probably 14 15 16 year old self and uh yeah this this one was a, a little bit difficult for me
1: to listen to i could definitely see it appealing to high schoolers because you know High schools where you're sort of like, everyone has a public face. Oh, and, yeah. You know, I don't show it, I don't share it with anyone. Sure, sure, yeah. And you're also dating for the first time. Sure. In middle school, high school, sort of that. Yeah. So.
0: And we're even using that that definitely not dated 2000s, I'm so fly. Yeah.
1: <laughs> Pretty fly for a white guy. <laughs> I'm so fly.
0: That's probably why it feels just like I'm falling for the first time. Yeah. It's, speaking of fly, we have some great bare naked lady pivots and wordplay. I'm so fly. That's probably why it feels just like I'm falling for the first time. Good pivot. I'm so chill. No
1: wonder I'm freezing. Like, no, that's not an opposite though. ah uh, Saker, what are you gonna do fuck, with that? Oh line? shit! The game. <laughs> did you? <laughs> did you just mousetrap trap yourself? I
0: did. I just parent trapped myself. Now I have to marry me. You oh, have no. to remarry you. I have to remarry me. Um yeah, I uh, I don't know. I, I I thought that those were some fun lyrics in here. Um let's see. So oh the, the thing that opens the song is Ed saying uptight? Do you guys know? What, do you guys know Up what I'm all night. About? <laughs> he
2: says like just,
1: just right. Uh-huh. You say. <laughs>
0: I just could not parse it. Uh, Cap any? did you, do Wait, you know what I'm talking, talking about? You're talking about the there? very
2: beginning, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I thought he was saying one time.
0: One time. Oh, yeah. he's, he's channeling the Fujis here. Sure. That's yeah, all like, he wanted to one say. One time. <laughs> <laughs> it's possible. Uh, yeah, I was just curious. A Wycliffe- in there. Maybe. One time, one time. One time, one time. Killing me softly. Um,
2: yeah. Um, so- but, I, but yeah, I was going to ask you guys actually about that specific thing. It's such a weird, weird effication in, an, in a record full of weird effications.
0: Yes, absolutely. It is very, very strange, and I, I mean, the last song just ended with the words "fuck, Fuck yeah,", yeah. <laughs> so this song being like uh, "uptight" or "one time." There's yeah. I mean, I've mentioned it before, Ev, but this album just feels like looser, goosier yeah. than Stunt did. Like they're just throwing shit in and having fun, and which is great. I think maybe they've realized it's okay. To yeah, well, I, mean, I have, a-
2: have an explanation for that actually. Okay. Um, uh, it's Don Was. You've mentioned him in, in, in past episodes, sure. but it cannot be overstated uh, how weird that dude is. Um, like, have you ever heard any of the Was Not Was records? No. no. Like, the, the the one that Walk the Dinosaur is on yeah, Walk is the, the one Dinosaur. that I've listened yeah. to. Yeah. Yes. That's, about, that's yeah.
1: about it. I don't go deep in there.
2: Yeah, well, so, like, me neither, except that a few <laughs> years ago, I was at a thrift store, and their 1988 record that has Walk the Dinosaur on it, What Up Dog, was there for a dollar. And I'm like... Yeah, I'm curious. Let's see what this is about. The, the album art was very interesting. And, uh, (laughs) what I found was a record that I don't like 100% of, but I do like a lot. And it's weird as hell. Like the tonality, the genre, it's all over the place. There's these spoken word segues that are like really intense beat poetry. Um, this guy is open to throwing it all against the wall and having a raucous time. And when I realized that Don Wells was the producer of this record, having heard this sing- singular uh, was not was record, I was like, oh, this makes complete sense. I, I, huh. I hear it all now.
0: Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I'm 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 kind of doing
2: <laughs> He's furiously reading all the Wikipedia pages on was not was.
0: I truly am like I'm but like we have yeah, Love Shack by the B fifty twos was a was uh, uh 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 jam here and um he worked with Brian Wilson and okay, so yeah, I, I do see I see the connections, I see the threads of connection here. That's interesting. Uh I'm gonna have to get into him a little bit. I'm curious now. Um, yeah, yeah
2: check be- out check out what up dog it's fucking weird <laughs> yeah for sure that sounds
0: like my jam um yeah so uh, uh, there are a couple things that I feel like he may have had a a a hand in he couldn't keep his fingers out of anything on this song um fingers, fingers out of anything, out of anything. Uh-huh, that I love that I love that you can hear kev so clearly
1: fingers, fingers out of anything, anything. <laughs> <laughs>
0: it's a delight I'm so still i just can't keep my fingers out Um, The guitar on the bridge goes like super staccato and like Morse code, like, which I was like, how weird on a pop song? Because the guitar is so clear, like it just cuts through everything on this song until we get to that bridge. Um, Weird choice, but I guess weird choices are kind of the 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 M.O. uh, of, of Don here. So that makes sense. Um, yeah, I don't know. What else? Uh, anything else stand out musically to you
2: two? I, I think that it's so damn normal
1: for the <laughs> yeah. most part. I agree. I agree. It is very normal. Uh, like some exec was like, we need a fucking single from this album. Yeah. <laughs> Give me a single. I need it to be like three chords. I need it. To, I need this and that and, you yeah. know. You can go a little bit weird, but I need this to be right down the plate. And that's what they gave him, but then also they put their little bare naked lady English on that ball. Yeah, I think. I feel like this song could have started. I'm really start- going with the baseball metaphors today. Yeah, you are. I know nothing about baseball. That's all right. You're doing great. Good job. Thank I'm you. proud of you. <laughs>
0: uh, uh, I, th- I feel like this song could have started the album too. Too little too late's a great start, but like this one also has that explosive
1: yeah. dynamic opening. I feel like Too Little Too Late ha- is has a better a way better hook than this song. Yeah, well, yeah, undoubtedly. Um yeah, I don't know.
0: Here's let me let me hit you both with a couple uh, bits of trivia. Um, following September 11th, oh. this song was placed <laughs> on the do not play list by Clear Channel, oh, which is falling? falling for the I, people. I mean, if there's a link, that has to be it. Like nobody can figure it out. I saw a bunch of message board posts like, why? But yeah, I guess because it has the word falling. Does he
1: in say it. like join Al Qaeda? Is that what he says at the beginning <laughs> of the
2: <laughs> Al Qaeda? <laughs> yeah Yeah, i mean i i mean clearly clear channel just did uh, a word search and blocked it all in their uh you know uh Uh, spreadsheets like that's all there was to it um but i mean i gotta say like only only in reading that that piece of trivia was i like oh man like that would be just like one of the most horrible things you could do is sync up footage of the world trade center falling with this song's chorus and like and shame on them for thinking about it
0: yeah jesus yeah you're probably right though Control f falling Control f airplane because you're left building like just ban them all yeah mass ban um another piece of weird trivia this is on the malcolm in the middle soundtrack along with listen how eclectic this fucking soundtrack is they might be giants yeah that's the theme song yeah baja men
2: okay
0: (laughs) hansen and the dust brothers What's looks real dirty down here. I don't can, know any Dust Brothers can songs. Can you imagine owning that album? Like, this is my musical taste. Fair Ladies, Hanson, and the Dust Brothers. Like, that's fucking eclectic as shit.
2: That, but a perfect time capsule of that exact moment.
0: Oh, absolutely. Yes, 100%. Um, yeah, I don't know. All right. Well, hey, I... Let's talk real quick. Cap, did you watch the video for this
2: song? Not only did I watch the video in preparation for this episode, but I watched the video quite frequently when it would play early mornings on MTV when I was getting ready for school. Oh,
0: impressive. All right, cool. So let's talk about... This is one of the few songs from Maroon that has a video. Um... Let's talk about this fucking dumb video. It's Terrible. I, am, I, am I okay? I'm
1: not alone. Yeah, it was. It was rough. <laughs> it's fucking terrible.
2: Th- this is one in a in a grand tradition of lazy music videos where you have film a band against a white background, and just because yeah. that's not interesting enough, and everyone fucking knows it, then you inject this semblance of a plot, which <laughs> exactly. is using words that are far too strong to describe what takes place. <laughs>
0: this is yeah okay. You're right because we they, they are filming in the the Matrix right there in the <laughs> the gun rack scene from the Matrix. Yes. And so we have uh, just to lay it out for our listeners, which you should watch the. Well, actually, no, you shouldn't. No, watch don't. The video. Fucking don't. Yeah, that's dumb. Uh, Harlan Williams is a security guard. Uh, Har- Harlan Williams, of course, being the keyboardist, Kevin Hearn's cousin. Mm-hmm. Um, and also
2: the star of the film Rocket Man. The other the- Rocket Man.
0: <laughs> yes. You should see the YouTube comments for this video. It's Rocket Man! Rocket Man! Hey, I know that guy from Down Periscope. Rocket Man. <laughs> <laughs> um, he's a security guard. He gets bored. He uh, tries to change his security guard channel, and it only goes to the bare naked ladies. He gets pissed when he can't get something else. He throws his TV away and we find out that this was all a plot by the Benedict ladies to distract
1: him long enough to steal precious artwork from his museum. It's they say precious artwork, but like
2: Steve comes out with like a computer monitor. It's the monitor that he threw away. <laughs> Actually, it's it's not. Oh, it's not? The, no, it's a that's a typical computer monitor. The one that was thrown away was like was a CCTV monitor. Um oh. uh, and and was like, you, then you see the final shot is the monitor still playing in the trash. Ye- oh, that's right, you are right. But, but okay. there is a lot of um, narrative fallacies that take place in this video. For example, um, it is a surprise that it's a museum that he's guarding at the <laughs> end when the naked Ladies <laughs> come out. <laughs> that sucks. Be- because, because this video has such a low budget that they have no establishing shot at any point <laughs> to establish this is more than just the lobby of a downtown building. Right. You don't know it's a fucking museum. Yeah. Um, <laughs>
0: Yeah, that's that's the Twilight Zone twist at the end. It was a museum yeah, all the whole, They were trying to
1: steal art for no reason.
0: Yeah, basically. But really, this is a very bad plan, right? They sent a video of themselves, the the, the well, art nappers, a
1: magic video, a magic because <laughs> they would have had to like come in and like get that that CCTV its own power source. Sure, he like an internal it. power source that yes. continues to play the video.
2: But who do you? Well, think and the he's the one who hit? turned it on. He he did that. Like yeah. they didn't turn it on for him, and also. <laughs> This plan has been done before much better in a feature film. Oh, are either of you familiar with 1992's uh, Barry Levinson, Robin Williams picture, Toys? Yes. Oh, my God,
0: from maybe childhood, but I haven't seen it in a long time.
2: Well, it's amazing and holds up <laughs> immaculately, uh-huh. um, and it's also one of my favorite films, so I'm going to, you know, like, soapbox about it all the time. Yeah, but Toys was great. Um, but that you know Robin rob williams and uh, and his sister, well, the character Leslie and his sister Alsatia, they stage a music video in front of a security camera uh, to divert the fact that they're sneaking into a restricted access part of the building. I it see. makes a lot more sense in this scenario, but it's virtually the same thing.
1: I That's wonder why sense. BNL decided they were gonna do a music video to distract the guard because do you think they're do you think they are in this in the in the world of this video do you think they are bare naked ladies? Yes, so they're in Recognizable, very recognizable. That's what I'm saying.
0: This is a fucking terrible (laughs) plan. But not only do they have a terrible plan, Harlan Williams takes his CCTV from his job and throws it in the trash. How is he going to explain that to his He's boss He's not a tomorrow? good
1: security guard. No,
0: he sucks. <laughs> Harlan Williams fucking sucks in this video. Do you think Harlan
1: Williams, in the world of this this thing, Harlan Williams is actually Harlan Williams? <laughs>
0: yes, also okay. after Rocketman. He, he needed another job badly.
2: <laughs> well, and Harlan Williams had an interesting little trajectory at this specific moment in time in early 2001. This video came out in May uh, 2001, but the month before, he was starring alongside Tom Green uh, in Freddy Got Fingered. Oh, hell yes. God, that's one of our all time favorite movies. 100%. And rightly so. Yeah.
1: <laughs> that is everything that ever needs to be said about the 90s.
0: Yeah. Oh, Tom Green and Harlan <laughs> Williams <laughs> had a big budget movie. Well, semi
1: big budget. <laughs> hey, he had handfuls of jewels, Saker. <laughs> <It's> just <laughs> real jewels.
2: He dropped a boat into like a wood chipper and they didn't even use that scene in the film.
0: Really? Yeah. I did not know that. I've never seen the deleted scenes. Damn. We got to watch that again sometime when I'm not out of my mind drunk. The,
2: that's the oh. only time you should ever watch it. Okay. <laughs> the deleted scenes are really good actually. Like they establish <sighs> um a bunch of like extra sub I would it actually would have been a bit stronger with some of them. It makes his time in in LA like at the cheese sandwich factory a little bit more uh layered actually you know because you need that but just like a cheese sandwich yeah <laughs> you
0: need that subtlety just like we need conversations with our dogs to be subtle Little. and nuanced we need this tom green vehicle I,
1: i'm i'm all in favor of it. i need to get that like the whatever re-released blu-ray dvd with it's, all the special you features only get it on laser the, I'm sorry <laughs> <laughs> beta max
0: yeah uh you said do you
1: think do you think that they there's like a, a super supercut where they put in the, all the deleted scenes? You can watch it the I whole thing. I think they
0: made like an Anchorman two or what was it? The Anchorman where they made a whole Anchorman movie two and a half,
1: yeah, <laughs> <laughs> which is also a great yeah. movie too. Wake Anchor- up, Ron Burgundy. Yeah, yes. Yes, that's the one. Yeah. That's, a, that's a fucking great yeah. movie as well.
0: Hey, how great would it have been instead of the random ass uh, royalty free elevator music at the beginning when Harlan is in the uh, just you know in the lobby? If they would have done an elevator music version of Falling for the first time that segues oh. into that would have been fucking great, right? That would have
1: implied they spent more money on this well it yeah, wouldn't true. you're right it's and that actually... would have segued right into ears because that's basically elevator music mm.
0: <sighs> oh buddy we're gonna fight next song i love ears. get so good i didn't say i didn't like it i just said it's elevator <laughs> oh, music I, that might be fair actually um yeah the i'm so green bit in the video is very funny uh ed's screen turns
1: green for a second when he says i'm so green oh wow so so on the nose cute, cute. love it yeah yeah,
0: yeah. <laughs> Also Kev
1: Like when he when he uh, says I'm so chill and no I wonder it's freezing And you can see On the back wall That like the thermostat Slowly going down You know all, all that All that really fun stuff On the nose
2: Also he
0: says I'm so dirty <laughs> You can and just see He's covered in filth, filth And
2: tar And feathers Actually you're describing The music video They intended to make They were you know they, All the white void stuff Is on a green screen They just oh, chroma yeah. it out And they were gonna do All this crazy fun stuff oh, You man. can see all the angles They were doing it from When they're like Shit we can't get this to work It looks like hot garbage What are we gonna do do kev you got like a movie star cousin right <laughs>
0: <laughs> that's exactly what ha- also kevin this video cracks me up because all of them kind of look like rock stars except he's wearing like a sweater and, and he's he got this hair, so
1: uncomfortable <laughs> he where like he says like when he says fingers out of anything like <laughs> and then, like zoom in on him for just a second and yeah. he looks like he doesn't want to be there right unlike tyler who is a madman
0: always like when they like the first
1: two times the camera like close not closes up but like focuses in on him yeah he is grinning like he's gonna kill everyone else in the band yeah oh yeah like he's like finally it's time to die yeah uh
0: all right well hey i mean where else can you go with the video i think that do either of you have anything else to mention about this song or in general
1: it's obviously about harry potter's relationship with cho chang give it to me well Cho Chang, famous Ravenclaw. Sure. Dated Cedric Diggory. Sure. um, And was in love with him, I think, before he died. But Harry was the last person to see him alive. So she's got conflicted relationships. Okay. And she's dating a goon like Harry who doesn't, he seems to fail up the whole time. Right? Yeah. I mean, that's all he does. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. He relies on Hermione and then sometimes Ron, like being an idiot. Yeah. So this is just basically Harry sort of meditating on his own thing. Like, because he's coming, like, I think they start dating in book six. I think, because sure. it's after the death... It's after uh, the Wizard Or year six, that's what it was. So it's after the Wizard tournament where Harry may or may not have killed Cedric Diggory. Okay. I mean, we only have his word to go on. Sure. So, but yeah, they're dating. And uh, so, which also fucking weird. The Wizard tournament, they take Cho Chang hostage and put her on the bottom of a lake. Oh, yeah, that's so right. That, so that Cedric has to rescue her because he would be sad if his girlfriend Fuck died. That. This is like, This whole fucking... I... I, the more I like dig into Harry Potter, the more I'm scared of it because yeah. it's like a world where everyone has a gun all the time <laughs> sure. and the guns do everything. <laughs> and they, they, I mean, I guess it's it's very like libertarian in a lot of ways because like, you know, they just, people are just sort of left to fend for themselves. Yeah,
0: it's a shitty, it's a Goblin sad, sad, Wars. crap universe. Yeah, But anyway. Uh, well, just so, like how
2: J.K. Rowling is a sad, sad, crap person who hates yes. trans women. I was, yes.
0: uh, Evan, I was going to ask you if you feel weird about doing Harry Potter reads because of I mean we always had a no. little bit of information about how she was a shitty
1: turf. But I don't now I feel bad about it because I think the books I I mean I can separate the art from the artist. Like I can say JK Rowling is a stupid piece of shit who should just step away right. and like do some serious thinking.
2: But I can also enjoy the Harry Potter books for what they are. Like no. I don't I don't know if I think it's extremely important to separate art from the artist because if it wasn't for that, then we wouldn't have Ender's Game. Orson Scott Card is yeah. a terrible, terrible person, and Ender's Game is one of the greatest books ever written. Exactly. Sure. No, yeah, I 100%
1: agree. Yeah. Okay. Like so, I think that I think that good work can stand on its own. Okay. Uh, and I think that good work can sometimes surpass the person who creates it. Sure. And this is one of those cases. Sure. And I'm but hoping that, the- that uh, someday our podcast will surpass what shitty people we are. <laughs> I hope. <laughs> and stand the test of times.
2: The difficult thing specifically about about J.K. Rowling is how much money and power she represents and how much money mm-hmm. and power is circulating, especially in the U.K. right now, in regards to um, anti-trans sentiment.
0: Yeah. Really? So. Okay. I wasn't, I wasn't aware of the, the cultural significance of, of what Rowling is sort of wrapped up in at the moment in the U.K.
2: Well, I, I mean, I, I don't know how she spends her money, but I do know that, for example, she was uh, spending a lot of money to uh, make sure that Scotland didn't separate from the United Kingdom. Mm. Uh, because as she's you know showcased through her treatment of Ron Weasley, she hates Scottish people as well.
0: So. Oh, I, Jesus, I read all of them when I was. I need to reacquaint myself with Harry Potter because you guys both have takes that I am like, I was too young to understand.
1: So the yeah, Harry and Cho's first kiss is under the mistletoe at the dance, uh-huh. and Cho Harry describes the kiss as very wet because Cho was crying.
0: Oh Jesus Christ. <laughs> Gosh, fucking monster. <laughs> because she
1: keeps trying to talk to him about her dead boyfriend. Ugh. And he's like, I don't know what to say. <laughs> they, they stopped dating because it was, uh, Dumble, uh, so Cho was in Dumbledore's army uh-huh. and so was Harry and all that. And then Cho's friend, um, what's her name? Marietta Edgecombe was uh-huh. also in it, but she betrayed that, them to Dolores Umbridge. Okay. And so what Hermione did was cast a jinx on Marietta to make the words, uh, I think it's sneak appear on her head in like purple pimples and they don't go away.
0: Jesus Christ. The rest and of And Cho's like you just
1: fucked my friend forever. <laughs> and Harry's like I think I think she was in the right. Harry... Snitches get stitches. Harry like Potter's
0: terrifying.
1: Yeah. Jesus Christ.
0: Wait, so how does this relate to falling for the first time? Because this
1: is about their relationship falling for. This is about Harry thinking he's falling for the first time for okay. this uh for this girl. So, so I'm doing the love read From here. Harry's POV. Exactly. Not from Cho's. Definitely okay. not from Cho's. Jesus.
0: Okay, got it. Sure. So okay. This is yeah.
1: And then uh I mean, obviously, a a vampire would write this song because oh god, uh, this is the failing read, right? Because you're a vampire and you're so good at everything. So he doesn't really know what. So the first time he fails or she um, or they vampires can be any pronoun (laughs) they want, I suppose. Because it could be a swarm of bats, right? Right. Absolutely. Literally. (laughs) Uh, So, yeah, it's, it's basically a vampire, a thousand year old vampire who like fucks something up for once. And he's like, huh, feels like I'm falling for the first time. Okay, so literally... Because <laughs> he doesn't remember just, how you, to...
0: You took the thing of the song and you just added, after a thousand years. Well, I
1: mean, because he hasn't... They haven't failed in so long sure. that it just feels like they're... It literally feels like they're falling for the first time.
2: Got yeah, after all that the, that time, those centuries of being in control, I mean, feeling that kind of like vulnerability mm-hmm. might be quite attractive to a vampire exactly
0: oh sure yeah and i
2: mean yeah because i mean vampires are all about image right and
0: i'm
1: sure they have you know problems and and things they worry (laughs) about sure absolutely. do you think the
0: vampires ever doubt themselves i'm you know what the only vampire media i've ever consumed is blade 2 so i'm gonna say no so what
1: about i'm so chill no wonder it's freezing because he's dead sicker
0: fuck you took one line (laughs) cherry picking is real you're right
1: (laughs) I'm so brave, too bad I'm a baby. Maybe it's a baby vampire. <laughs>
0: shut, shut the fuck up. Let's move on to rating this song. <gasps> All right. As I'm sure you know, uh, we rate this song on a scale from bare naked to fully clothed. clothed. The more clothes this song is wearing, the worse it is. The less clothes it's wearing, the better. Cap, as usual, we're going to give you some time to think, even though I'm sure you already have your rating, as you mentioned at the beginning. Ev, we'll start with you, though.
1: All right. I'll start with me as I furiously try to make something up. Uh-huh. Saker always reserves. his plenty of time to think for his rating. Thank you. I'm walking down the street, just huh. having minding my own business. It's the middle of summer. It is hot as hell hell so i'm like taking off my glasses trying to wipe and this car goes past me mm-hmm. and the windows are open and i see the driver is just a just a kind of plain looking guy but there's another guy in the passenger seat i just have this moment like i only see the side of his face back of his head and i just have this moment I'm like that's that's the one for me. Okay. <laughs> so they're going down, and it's a, it, they're going pretty quick. Like it's a it's a public street, so they're they're going maybe 30 miles an hour. And I'm just running full. Hey, wait up! Wait up! Wait up! Wait up! I had this fucking moment, and then they finally stop at like a red light, and I go and I see that the guy is wearing like. I can't like his shoulders are bare uh in this passenger seat shoulders are bare it looks like he's in like a swim trunks or something maybe like that I can just I just kept flashes and I'm like cutting through side streets and things like that to try and get ahead of them because I know this town okay this is my town I'm prince of the city sure and the
0: entertainer is playing the whole time from their ice cream truck that is the thing you're chasing oh I got they're in an ice cream (laughs) truck That's how you can track them
1: (laughs) yes it's Uh how I know exactly a turkey in the straw (laughs) sure actually is that the
0: entertainer do 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 yeah
1: do, yeah do, but that, that's the entertainer but i want to do turkey and the straw too sure. perfect
0: do, got it do, do, do,
1: do. okay <laughs> there's lots of different ice cream trucks okay so yeah maybe there this is this one a... one's
0: playing the elevator music version of falling <laughs> for the <laughs> first, first time, time. okay go so, ahead. Yeah, i'm chasing
1: it finally i cut i cut through this alleyway i'm covered in like i'm got scratches and stuff because i had to do like some parkour I had to climb this thing jump from mm-hmm. buildings finally fall down right next to them standing there like twist my ankle go up grab the edge of this ice cream truck pull myself up look in he is wearing swim trunks, sandals, but he's a mannequin. Okay.
0: <laughs> That's very, very good. Okay. So,
1: yeah. So, this mostly naked, but it doesn't really matter because it's just a straight-up pop song.
0: Man, okay. That's almost precisely what i was thinking for mine good i'm
1: glad i could put you on your back foot for once absolutely
0: as always so do i have to make something up or do i just say the fucking bullshit so i'm i fall in love with this person and uh I, i i fall in love with him at first sight and it is a love but it's also a lust and so i decide you know we have to go consummate it immediately and this person uh is wearing um a white T-shirt and jorts, mm-hmm. uh, the most plain costume. Like cut off jorts or,
1: or like hemmed jorts? H-
0: hemmed jorts. Okay. Cut off jorts. Bite your tongue, <laughs> uh, <laughs> and uh, and sandals uh, with white socks underneath the
1: sandals. Are they the kind of sandals that are like flip flops, or are they the ones that like like a uh, latch on?
0: They are. Uh, they're latch on sandals. Okay. Yes, absolutely.
1: I- I'm getting a real um, good picture of this. And the person. reason
0: I fell in love with them is because they found the secret to my social chemistry and they printed it on their on a
1: t-shirt, t-shirt. Right.
0: And so I say, uh, let's go somewhere and let's 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 do this. Let's do the deed. And they say, all right, I agree. <laughs> Let us do this. <laughs> so we we get a hotel room, we check in, and I say, oh, take that off. Let me see what you're working with. And they strip down to their plain white underwear, just their white boxer briefs that they have on, or uh, yeah, just the plain white boxer briefs. And uh, I say, that is scintillating to me because you have the secret to my social chemistry but uh, also
1: on the boxer briefs to,
0: yes, right, written across the the genitalia is uh the x y and z all that social chemistry uh that it distilled down makes me want to be with them uh, and uh, and we have missionary
1: play. You, you kiss them, but then you can't take your lips off of theirs because they've <laughs> covered themselves in super glue.
0: That's right. I kiss them, and it's the wettest kiss because they're crying <laughs> I when I look up. Their boyfriend died. And we have missionary sex. And that's what this song is to me it's Jorts, a white t shirt, white boxer briefs, and missionary sex, is this song. Then you join the Mormon Powerful. church. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And then I join the Mormon <laughs> church. Cap, what are you thinking?
2: Have either of you been to a nude beach before?
1: Uh, yes, actually, no. Okay.
2: Well, there's a there's a certain uh, archetype, at least at least in my experience that uh, that's there. Are, I suppose to cut to the chase, this uh, this song is is indeed bare naked for me. Ooh. Um, but it's a specific variety of nudity. Uh huh. So in this case, this song is a nude beach ambassador. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and that is the um, especially if you're at say a, attractive nude beach, which is like. Everyone socially agrees that this is a nude beach, but officially as far as the county's concerned, it's not, but they're huh. not gonna police it because they get written up in the like the German papers, like the German <laughs> Tourist Bureau stuff, like pretty poorly if they start arresting German people for being naked and they can't speak the language and so on and so forth. You know how it is. Sure, of course, everyone does. <laughs> um so there there'll be a, a person like up at the front of like the you know, you you've walked off the boardwalk, you've touched down on the beach, and there's this like someone set up this really beautiful kind of like like a tent situation with like a wall, like a walled tent, like white fabric billowing in the sea breeze. And they've got maybe some flags up. Maybe there's a pride flag, just like some, like you're like, whoa, this person's made like a little like sort of, you know, desert oasis tent thing here at the front of the beach. And they're, and when you see them, they're going to be over 50 probably. uh, And they're going to be the most, the the brownest white person you've ever seen. (laughs) Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, Leather. Leathered, yeah. yes, very, very leathered, very oiled, and friendly as heck. Uh, the only thing they're wearing is a baseball cap and some sunglasses, and they are happy to see you and happy to let you know that this is a safe space. And if anything goes goes weird, they're probably going to sound some kind of audible alarm. <laughs> <laughs> okay,
0: hot damn, so but, good overall. But, but
2: this is all because because this song will will introduce you to the bare naked ladies vibe. It's not as deep as you can go at all. Mm-hmm. It gets much nakeder than this, but it is up front naked and it is quirky enough to qualify.
0: Yeah, Yeah. I'm, I'm on board with that. That tracks. Yeah, absolutely. Excellent. You played this game so quickly and so accurately, Cap. I'm very, very impressed. Um, so Cap, thank you for appearing. Yeah. This was a joy to have you on.
2: Uh, what sort of stuff do you have going on? Well, um, my biggest program right now is the Call of Cthulhu mystery program. Which is a Lovecraftian black comedy. H.P. Uh, Lovecraft, of course, mm. another problematic author, but um, <laughs> yep. we are we are taking it back by uh, telling having shows that uh, reflect on different aspects of the the horror unknowable horror mythos. We feature a lot of women, uh, queer people, people awesome. of color, um, and are sort of expanding what that genre can mean. Um, and we do it in. In these audio dramas, but they're different than the average audio drama. They are uh, improvised. What some would call an actual play podcast, uh-huh.
1: mm-hmm.
2: where we do tabletop role playing, and uh, but in our case, we're actual play audio dramas. We enhance it with uh, full cinematic sound design, original score, scripted sequences to uh, help it have like good narrative structure. Um, it has all the energy of of table gameplay, all the all the comedy, and in fact, all of the. The terror of people who, you know, don- genuinely don't know what's going to happen and are, are, you know, worried mm-hmm. for their own lives, um, but it is enhanced in this way. Um, so that's our biggest, uh, biggest series right now. It's uh, series two recently concluded a couple months back, and um, that's why I recommend everybody starting series one. Was uh, it's great, but um, it uh, it was a. Meant to be a one-off show, it was done very differently several years ago, Mm -hmm. and uh, was so successful we decided, let's keep doing it. Awesome. Um, Series three comes out later this year, um, and uh, we've already recorded series uh, four and five. Jesus, wow. Wow. Um, And uh, we'll be recording six this month. Hi! damn. We got uh, guest stars in there. We got uh, Nelson Lugo, who's a wonderful magician and uh, hype man for Schaefer the Dark Lord. Um, we have Sarah Ray Werner, who's the author of the incredible audio drama Girl in Space. And we're going to have uh, hip-hop's answer to Tom Waits, Astronautilus. Oh, cool. On our forthcoming series.
0: Yeah, he's great.
2: He is amazing. That's, that's a, um, That sounds like a really fun podcast. Yeah. Well, thank you. I, I hope everybody checks it out. And uh, well, I, I also am, um, am a co-creator of the lightning dogs which is a in development animated series about a pack of anthropomorphic dogs from another world trapped in a post-apocalyptic earth battling mutants miscreants and the evil Glampire. that sounds
0: directly up our alley
1: so awesome cap one question one one mythos question for you um if bare naked ladies was a mythos creation elder god outer god whatever you want what which would they be and why
2: oh gosh see uh I am I'm the story editor, but I'm not our keeper uh, of the game. So I'm I'm like fair. I know a fair amount of mythos, but like I c I don't have like a running uh, index of old ones in my brain. Well that's okay. Um, I but maybe maybe the black goat. Like uh Yeah.
1: Thousand <laughs> Young. I actually said that to Saker before we started this podcast.
2: <laughs> <laughs> he says it before
0: every podcast, which is very strange. I'm he always... says, Let us worship the black goat. Yeah, should and, be the record. Yes. And, and
1: I don't I, I always have trouble pronouncing you know, outer God names because you're kind of supposed to. So I never know how to pronounce them. Sure.
2: Uh, shub Yeah,
1: that's what I said. I think.
2: Yeah. <laughs>
0: sure. <laughs> Close enough. <laughs> well, Cat Blacker, thank you so much for being on. We really appreciate it.
2: Thanks for having yeah, me. This thank has you. been amazing. Yeah. So See you later. Thanks
1: for doing all that research.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Anytime. Bye. 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 Hi, Evan.
1: We never record at night.
2: Yeah,
0: well, you're because busy because we're afraid. <laughs> we are also afraid. Busy and afraid, I my two emotions get in, in life.
1: My panic room every night. Do you really? As soon as the sun goes down, I am in a steel cage.
0: At what point do you start panicking?
1: Uh, what, as soon as I get into the room, As soon as that door closes, and then like the it, it starts vacuuming the air out of the so room. So the panic
0: room is a self-fulfilling prophecy. Your be. I go
1: in the room to panic. <laughs>
0: uh-huh. I see. Okay, and uh, is it a get different- it all out? I see. Is it a different time? Because the summertime, it gets dark later. Yeah, I don't so, get as
1: panicked in the summer as I do in the I winter.
0: You're less panicked in the summer. So you're a summer boy then.
1: No. You like being panicked. Yes. Okay, good.
0: Is this 20 questions? I've never
1: felt more alive than when I am in feared.
0: <laughs> in feared?
1: Interesting. Yeah. Okay, all it's right. It's like venomated. Sure it is. And just as the fact that they're both words? Yeah. I mean, I just like to feel something. Sure. You're in field. Yeah. Yes, I understand. Yeah. And panic's the only, the truest emotion. Truest, is it? The truest human emotion. I mean... Everything else is fake, but panic is real.
0: Are you more of a fight boy or a flight boy? Uh,
1: You're a flight boy if you I'm, have a panic room. I'm a pan- Otherwise, you'd have a fight room. <laughs> I got a fight room, too. <laughs>
0: you do? How do you decide which one to go in every night? So,
1: are you a fight or flight boy? Uh, I or just think about in real life. I think
0: I am a fight boy. I mean, if, 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 if there was a situation... You know, sometimes you'll just think about situations and be like, you'll get so angry and you'll uh-huh. feel like you want to... Like, I never feel like... I mean, maybe that's just machismo from being in my room at 3 a.m. and thinking about scenarios. Yeah. But uh, I never feel like I would run away. Uh, but maybe I would. I don't know. Like, when I've been confronted
1: with, like, aggression or violence, usually... I don't think I've ever run away from it, but I'm right. not really a fight boy either. I'm sort of like a freeze. A
0: freeze boy. <laughs> yeah, like
1: a... I like just kind of sit there quietly and be like, oh, okay.
0: Okay, yeah. All right, let me let me lay out a scenario for me. You tell okay. me fight or flight. Okay. Okay. You're at a baseball game. What
1: time is it?
0: It is noon.
1: Okay, so I am at least panicked Night noon, <laughs> mid noon, <laughs> and okay. I'm outside my panic room. <laughs> yes,
0: here at a midnight baseball game.
1: Oh fuck! <laughs> As they have. Is it is it like a little league game or is it like no? A li- it's a big league. Game. Okay, so it's got lights. Everybody
0: has big league chew. Do We're I have my fun. silver? Uh, you have your silver. Do I have bullets. my bag you have full your of silver. silver cross. You have your bag full of silver, liquid silver that you just carry yeah. around with Mer- you. That's
1: called mercury. <laughs>
0: That's right. The bag is always very hot to yeah. melt that silver down. Anyway um batman's up he swingsable the- batman yes the batman the- it's a dc themed <laughs> baseball okay. game this is a very complicated scenario that's no, okay
1: I'm, I'm i'm on board still and i mean Superman- this is like, this is the type this is like one of the few types of baseball games i would go to
0: <laughs> a midnight dc themed <laughs> baseball game uh
1: do i got any snackies
0: you have your bag full of liquid mercury <laughs> I yeah but i'm that. not
1: gonna eat my mercury
0: really what's it for You're looking at me and the music, the funky music is playing under us, but you're not answering me.
1: It's for when the masked men come. Got it.
0: Uh, Well, Batman's a masked man.
1: Yeah, but he's not coming for me. He's playing b-ball. Well, hang on. Uh Uh-oh.
0: So Batman, uh, he- uh, Batman, more like Bratman. Bratman, because you're eating a hot dog.
1: So you're- (laughs) Ooh, am I? Is (laughs) Is it a hot dog or a sausage? I want a sausage. It's a brat. A brat. do they
0: sell brats at baseball games? I'm sure they, they do. do. They have to. No, they just sell like stadium wieners. Well, this is a high class
1: major league game.
0: Hey, what is the guy next to you? I paid
1: $52 for this bratwurst. I'm going to enjoy it.
0: Okay, that's fair. Do you? When you go to a baseball game, do they call you the stadium wiener?
1: Yeah, all the time. <laughs> Every you. baseball game I've ever been to. You son of a bitch.
0: <laughs> um, so uh, Superman throws the pitch to Batman. Batman swings at it
1: shatters pitch goes basically deep deep into the concrete behind riser behind there's a sonic boom but everyone goes flying people are screaming (laughs) kids are just running around crying it's like that scene in the movie where you just everyone's running around there's just a kid like in the middle of it like with like dirt smeared on his face and he's just going just screaming as everyone runs by him is like looking around just fucking panicked that's correct i see a child in danger so i gotta go help him
0: so that's neither fight nor flight yeah the question was if you remember so batman's bat breaks the bat piece flies out at you do you fight the bat or run away from it
1: i fight the bat you do <laughs> you just swing at I it i take a big big old punch
0: okay do you think you'd win yeah you versus a 112 mile per hour bat
1: shard yeah i would
0: okay I'm you're strong
1: af- i'm not afraid of any wood you know who else is a is wooden bat or a metal bat metal metal Okay. Well, luckily I have my mercury with me. <laughs> Catch it in your mercury bag, melt it down. Yeah. Done and done. On oh, My crucible.
0: Oh, Arthur Miller. You know who else That's- loves Arthur Miller? The 2019 winners for It's All Been Written. Every Monday, head on over to iabdpresents.com to read the latest short story from our winning authors. Visit The Deathbed of a Fixer. Marvel at the Sun and Moon. Hold tight for a bank job and more. All the stories will be available free to read on the website for a limited time so don't miss your chance to read a new piece of compelling fiction from some talented writers and please support us at patreon.com iabd to help keep this annual event going how many people do you think are in it how many people sign up yeah i don't know you want me to look yeah okay um so the theme for 2019 was drove downtown in the rain 9:30 on a tuesday night uh, doesn't have to include that line, but the spirit of it must play a significant role in the story. Uh, there were six winners.
2: Ooh! Uh,
0: it does not tell how many people entered. Was that your curiosity? Yes. Looks like there's always six winners.
1: Oh, okay. Now I hate to One tell you. One for each member of the Bare Naked Ladies. That's
0: correct. But Including the grand, Andy. The grand prize winner was Samantha Stark
1: of Stark oh, Stark's Story, Story Snacks. Snacks.
0: <laughs> so, I feel like we got a
1: ringer in there. Yeah.
0: Oh, the judging process. We had It's All Been Done. The judge was
1: <laughs> Samantha Stark of Stark Story Snacks. Are
0: committed to a fair and unbiased judging process. So, uh, yeah. Steps are taken to ensure the anonymity of the entries and keep uh, those that have a stake in the winner separated from the judging process.
1: So, question. What's the prize?
0: Uh, the prize, let's see. It says the prize. Uh, there's an audio adaptation of the grand prize winner. And it also says that there's a $100,000 prize every year to the... Winner.
1: Oh, well, fuck. So, I'm, yeah. I'm going to enter this year. $100,000. Star- $100, yeah,
0: I mean, a little too late for... too oh, little, man. Too late. The 2018 theme was If I Had a Million Dollars. 2017 was I Met You Before the Fall of Rome. That's a good one. Uh, and that's it. They've <laughs> only had three. Oh, boy. So what do you want the theme to be? What's a great lyric for um, uh, for, for for next year? Uh, what about... Um, I fell flat on my ass from back. No. <laughs> uh, what about? Um...
1: You tell me. There's a song in there.
0: <laughs> That's not bad. You're just on that back. Uh, that back yeah. front. now. I think the theme. Nope. Don't for ta- 20... <laughs> Don't get to take my notes. <laughs> Why not?
1: It should be too little, too late. It should be.
0: Here's the theme for 2020. The theme is. If you think of her as Catherine the Great, then you should be the horse to help her meet her fate. We saw it before you, IABD. We out. And we're back to bare naked Ladies, a great podcast for the entire people.
1: Everyone gets one of us.
0: Now's the time when we spin that tiny little wheel in my computer and we see which one we're going to do today. So, falling for the first time today... Tonight is the night I, I fell, asleep fell asleep at the wheel. How do the characters in this song die? <laughs> so <laughs> falling for the first time. Well, that's easy. Uh, oh, you know it. Okay, go ahead. What do you think? He kills himself? Why does he kill himself?
1: Because he can't overcome his crippling anxiety.
0: Um I don't.
1: Or maybe he just accidentally drives his car off a cliff because he's so dumb.
0: <laughs> that's fair.
1: Maybe go, he cause... starves to death because he's a loser. Maybe he can't even figure out how to live. Maybe he's a baby, so he has to, he can't even take care of himself, so he dies. Maybe he's falling for the first time, and he's talking about a cliff that he's falling off and that's is smashing. Exa- that's
0: what I thought you were talking about when you said he's going to drive his car off a cliff. He's falling. For maybe the first... he oh, dies okay. of dysentery
1: because he can't get all the filth off of him, the dirt off of him. Sure. Maybe he is uh, crazy and gets committed to a mental institute and uh, dies in there. I don't think we have enough information. To maybe he's this. maybe he's lying wheel segment what are you talking about many uh maybe he's uh lost maybe he lost his love maybe he freezes to death because he's so chill he goes up to the arctic and and he freezes maybe he can't keep his fingers out of anything including like uh active machinery and he gets his fingers cut off and bleeds to death maybe he well i ran out of things to say (laughs) maybe those are all the ways he could die yeah okay anything plain can be lovely
0: or he could... He's talking
1: about a literal plane and he falls in love with it and then goes and like tries to hug the propeller and it chops him up. Anything loved can be lost. He loves the show Lost and then when the last episode goes, he rewatches it but then he understands everything so he gets so bored. He's like, whatever, I'm going to go get an island and go crash a plane into an island and see get all the survivors to, uh, <laughs> to do a cool thing. I'm going to find a really creepy island and he does. He crashes in there and then they all just die because it's a plane crash. Then he loses his direct. Maybe he lost his direction, so he's trying to go to uh, uh P F Chang's to for on a date, and then his GPS cuts out, and he doesn't know what to do. So he just drives around, and he gets totally lost, and uh, he's out in the country, and just uh car runs out of gas, and he just uh, wanders off into the wilderness, like the people in the fastball song, and then he dies. Maybe uh, anyone perfect can be lying. So he's telling everyone he's so perfect, 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 and he gets in over his head at work, at home, everywhere like that, and he just feels totally trapped. So he runs away into the forest and dies. <laughs> anything easy has its cost maybe like he decides that he's just so like his life is so easy he's like i gotta pay for this somehow and so he just walks away from his life invests all of his money what why are you making a why are you making a face he
0: decides his life is so easy i'm gonna walk away from yeah all this? he's
1: like he's like i don't deserve any of this because i'm a real piece of shit uh and i've got so many insecurities and you know what I, I get my life is just super duper easy. So I'm just going to walk away, take all my money, I'm going to donate it to charities, and then I'm going to go volunteer on the border to help migrant children. And then he does that. But unfortunately, he is not equipped for it and he wanders off in the woods. <laughs> <laughs> He loses his direction. He loses, what if he lost his sense of time, Saker? And uh, he just doesn't know when anything's happening. So he he always shows up super early or super late and he has no idea. He doesn't even know when to sleep. And so he just falls asleep like in the middle of the day and it's really unhealthy and he just keeps, (laughs) I'm running out of lines for the song. What if uh what if he nurses an infection? Uh, so he gets that dysentery and he just keeps going and he goes on and out out into the Oregon Trail and uh, then his uh, wagon doesn't ford the river successfully and his oxen drown and he's stuck out there with all of his family, and uh his wife dies of dysentery and he has to bury her and then he gets he cuts his finger on a little piece of metal and he gets an infection and then uh it it gets infected and it sepsis because he nurses it because he's like i just want to go but d- dude you'd ever want to die of an infection it's like the worst thing ever
0: you allowed me time to go upstairs and grab a maybe stomach. the worst is
1: behind him <laughs> so you want to do another wheel segment is that what you're saying
0: <laughs> if we were 30 seconds into this one i would have done a different wheel segment but i think at this point you're pot committed my friend
1: yeah you go me how, go how does he die me goes me <laughs>
0: <laughs> he dies because of Migos. He goes to a Migos concert and uh wait, is Migos the uh the Cthulian, uh, Yeah,
1: they're like a like flying
0: They're from Pluto. God,
1: we should have asked our guest. Yeah. They're, I yeah. believe
0: they're creatures from Pluto who fly around Yeah. because I referenced them on a two D six album. I say that uh, you don't you matter as much as Migos because Pluto isn't planet anymore. It's not a very good line. Migos are
1: also a line of like dolls action figure dolls from, like, the 70s, I think.
0: I also think there's a recording artist named Migos. Am I right? I am indeed. American hip-hop group from Lawrenceville, Georgia, from Uh, 2008. Migos. So.
1: Is that what kills him? Migos? I think the... It's like a Call of Cthulhu situation. Lovecraftian
0: creature teams up with the American
1: rap group, teams up with the... uh, The company that produces (laughs) 70s. I mean, because I think they they had, like, a resurgence, and they redid a couple of them. I don't know if it's the original company, but... Go on. How does he die? Do
0: you feel like this is a good secret?
1: <laughs> hey, man. I only work, I work with what I'm given. How does he die, Saker?
0: I think what happens to this man is, obviously, he's got this facade of perfection that is finally penetrated, and he says, it's okay to fail. It's okay to be not perfect. It's okay to be whatever. And this leads him down a road where, you know, he says- well, His uh, GPS cuts out, and he gets lost and dies in the woods. Mm-hmm. You are intolerable (laughs) today. You are nobody so hard. (sighs) Leads him
1: him down a direction. Go on.
0: And and he starts to say, like, hey, you know what? It's okay to fail sometimes. It's okay to be wrong. It's okay to be bad. And then sometimes he says, you know what? It's okay to have an off day. It's okay to not be at your at your top tip top. All of our wheel segments don't
1: have to be amazing. (laughs)
0: <laughs> exactly, and then he sometimes he just stays inside. He says, "You know what? I don't have to be social today." But then, like he's like, "I don't have to take a shower today. I don't have to." And eventually, it starts becoming, "You know what? I don't have to eat healthy today." And uh, today becomes every day, and falling for the first time becomes falling for the every time, and he just becomes this like Can't sloth get again. Sloth, but yeah, he won't get full. Yeah, <laughs> sloth becomes his. Uh... Yeah. I wish that's how they said it the song. Yeah. <laughs> um, and so he just becomes this slovenly mound of beef. Uh, and he went from perfect to imperfect and then just went, you know, he took his lesson too hard. Falling for the last time. Falling for the last time. Do you ever think Burn and good Ladies are going to make sequel songs to all their most popular hits? Yeah. I want to hear Too Weak. I want to hear not. Pinch the Other Guy. I want to hear <laughs> Falling for the Last Time. Pinch uh, you. Pinch you. I want to hear Ryan
1: Wilson. I want to hear... Well, Those songs about the other Beach Boys.
0: Yeah. I want to hear about Daniel Day-Lewis. Who's another Beach Boy? <laughs>
1: Daniel Day-Lewis? I assume he's a Beach Boy, right? I mean, he probably can play one effectively. Okay. Get yep. in character.
0: Come on. Can he play? He can play anything effectively. He's a method actor. What's another good Burn good Ladies sequel song? That needs to be a wheel segment. I'm gonna add that soon. Is make a sequel to this song, What Happens Next? Um, yeah, okay. Uh good. Grade ten. I'm sorry, I can't <laughs> stop thinking. The Prince of Bedside Manor. You got any more?
1: Hello country. <laughs> and then Hello World.
0: Yeah, it follows the Jurassic World. Actually, it's Hello Park and then Hello World.
1: I'm sorry. It's okay. <laughs>
0: I feel like I failed you today, Evan.
1: No, you haven't failed me for the first time, and you won't be failing me for the last.
0: <laughs> Now's the time when we take an
1: email from our friends, our fans, our little baby peoples.
0: Uh, this email comes from Riley. Oh, Riley. Here we go. Oh, 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 Riley. Hi, Evan, and the other one whose name I can't spell.
1: Hey, Riley. Thanks for trying, Riley. Did they spell my name right? Yeah, uh,
0: E-V-I-N.
1: That's how it works. That's how I roll. <laughs>
0: Please describe for me the non-existent color that Bernick and Ladies would be if, instead of being a fantastic Canadian alternative rock band, they were a trans-dimensional crystal entity incomprehensible to the mind of man. Thanks a bunch, Riley.
1: So we have to describe a color. Descri- <laughs> describe-, <laughs> describe the
0: color that they would be if they were an indecipherable crystal. So we don't
1: have to describe anything but them, anything but the color.
0: Yes. Do you know? Okay, the way it feels when mm-hmm. you look at a color. Like, red inspires passion and heat <laughs> and hunger, perhaps.
1: That's all cultural.
0: Of course it is. but So, well, I guess we have no cultural association. Red is
1: good luck in Chinese culture.
0: Okay, but we are not in Chinese culture. We're, we, we have to look at this Speak through the view yourself. of two American men. American red-blooded men. So, here's the deal. This color, the color that naked Ladies are, whereas when I look at red, I feel hunger. You feel hunger? Yes, of course. That's why every fast food logo is red. You look at Wendy. You look at McDonald's. You look at Five A Guy. You McDonald's look at yellow. And red. You look at BK. Got the red. You got every fast food logo. Drive red. down the road.
1: Red. I got gotcha. you. Look at the red. I'm, I'm following it. White Castle.
0: When I look at...
1: Oh, boy. <laughs> I fucked
0: up. <laughs> when I look at... Arby's. When I look at this color,
1: mm-hmm. the feeling
0: that I feel is... um. The color is the first time when I understood masturbation, I think.
1: When you, like, figured it out. When I figured it out. What the fuck is this? (laughs) What is this? (laughs) What is happening? (laughs) I feel like I want to do this. And then when I did, I liked it. uh That's weird.
0: (laughs) It's the one, yeah. Yeah. What do you think this color looks like? What's the feeling you associate with this color? Because you can't describe a color, right? Yeah.
1: yeah. I had a, I had an idea in my head, and then your description just like blasted it out.
0: <laughs> so, you're too busy thinking about watching Dick Van Dyke in 1998. And what? what? Sorry. That's just <laughs> nobody's association but mine. Ted Danson.
1: <laughs> Go ahead. So the color that I see. So they're a, bar- they're a trans-dimension, trans-dimensional crystalline entity.
0: Yes. Good memory.
1: So, well, I have a a good memory for weird things. Okay, very good. Like this color. So, I mean, we could go continue on with, like, the uh, Cthulhu thing. Sure. And it could be similar to, like, the color out of space, where it's not really a color you see, per se, but a color you sort of experience, and it just spreads along. Because I'm thinking that the color isn't necessarily the entity itself, but because it's crystal, you see through it. So when you see through it, you see the color. And then once you see the color... You can't not you can't unsee it.
0: Oh, that's interesting. So, because crystals only reflect light,
1: not true. They refract light.
0: Well, wait, 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 wait. Because every object only has the color because of the light that it is pushing away, right? Isn't Correct. that how color works? So, for this to have a color, for this transdimensional entity to show up in our universe and have a color, that means the color already has to have existed in our universe. But for some reason, we just well, there never... are
1: colors in their universe we can't see.
0: Sure, so how would we be able to see them through this crystal?
1: Because it is a monster from another dimension. It drives, but he doesn't change
0: our well, drives, eyes. Well,
1: it could. It could fu- fundamentally change the... Like, looking into this thing fundamentally changes the makeup of your eyes. Like um, like mold spreading across like a... Uh, um, uh, pool cover -huh in the in the early spring like your rods and cones could like be bent out of shape or it could like okay. grow so it shoots them so the light refracts through the crystal okay. into your eye uh-huh. and then it changes the fundamental makeup your right i mean there are people out there mostly women who are like um trichromorphs or quadchromorphs so they can see extra colors really yeah i mean i forget what we are like like humans are might be trichromorphs or something like that like we can see three like a red red yellow blue ble- the primary colors sure. sort of thing and uh but there's there are people who can see extra colors
0: so in the same way that or li- extra
1: types of color
0: listening to the bare naked ladies fundamentally changes you as a human being mm-hmm. looking at the crystal that represents and the bare naked ladies yes,
1: fundamentally changes your eyesight
0: okay and in what way does it are they are they a warm color or a cool color
1: well i don't think we can ascribe any sort of uh heat or cold to them
0: are they matte or shimmery
1: Ooh. I feel like sort of shimmery, Mm. translucent. I think so too. Yeah.
0: I feel like they're translucent.
1: I feel like that's sort of the thing that would visit you in your dreams. Okay. Haunt you even.
0: So what was your final assessment? Mine was it gives you the feeling of the first time you figured out masturbation.
1: Well, I mean, it has to drive you insane, right? Okay. Because like (laughs) once you once you see this color, like no other color can
0: Measure up Measure
1: up. Yeah. I mean everything looks like grey and washed out to you and you just you just want more of this color. Just like Every time you hear a bare naked lady song, you want more bare naked lady songs. Sure,
0: absolutely.
1: You got to keep doing it.
0: Right. Okay. So you so, find
1: yourself like late at night in the graveyard like, over, um, what's his name? What's that guy we love?
0: Edgar Allan Poe.
1: Edgar Allan Poe's grave. And you're like, you got to show me. You got to show me. <laughs> show me
0: that color. Uh-huh. Uh huh. Okay. And, and in the same way that it makes all other songs and artists feel mm. grayed out and exactly. boring. Yeah, okay.
1: So what's well, like you know it's sort of like when you get a hook in your head like a BNL hook and you just oh can't... I thought you meant a literal like... hook yeah a literal hook in your head <laughs> okay. you know like when you do that we're
0: talking about Cthulhu mythos shit I don't know yeah, fishman yeah, yeah yeah,
1: yeah. fishman okay but I mean like you you get it sort of uh just populates your brain and becomes sort of an eye an eye worm oh as opposed to an earworm. right so
0: maybe it's a color you can't look away from mm. so it 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 truly like it eliminates the human race by You know, people flock to see it, and then no one can
1: turn away from it. Or you just, or it just once it's fundamentally changed the makeup of your eyes, you just can't see normal colors again. Sure.
0: Can you picture this just a scene in your head?
1: Okay, I've got my eyes closed. I got one second. I got to moisten my lips. Uh huh. Okay. Damn, that's a good moisten. Um. I'm gonna put one. my index finger on my nose a
0: floating crystal Mm -hmm. in the middle of a a a field
1: can it make a soft hum
0: absolutely it does because that soft hum is gathering people towards it yeah and the people who are gathering towards it are standing on the bones of the people who came before (laughs) them it's just a circle of bones because people can't look away from it and they eventually just starve and die but more people are coming every day to build these huge bone walls around this crystal in this field um I think that's
1: what the Good Ladies are to me. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense.
0: <laughs> All right. Excellent job. Hey, Ev.
1: Yeah? We did it. Did we?
0: We finished with another
1: episode. I don't think so. I think we still have six, okay, six, more, wanna, se- six more segments. Do you want
0: to do another segment? I can figure out some segments that we can do.
1: No, no I think we're
0: <laughs> We can we're spin good. the wheel six more times. I'd like to, to walk away we- from this. This whole podcast.
1: Don't tempt me. I
0: know you want to. <laughs> hey, um, you can get with us on Facebook. It's all been done. A bare naked ladies podcast. You can get with us on Twitter at been done, done pod. pod, or you could check us out. Leave a review on iTunes. We have some reviews here today. Oh, come on. Uh, here's a review from somebody named Just a bunch of numbers, I guess. They say.
1: Are there any numbers in there? No, it's all letters. No? Okay, <laughs> that's fine. I mean, that makes all of sense.
0: I love this stupid show. <laughs> Five star review. Period. <laughs> Good. <laughs> The hosts of this podcast only know slightly more about BNL than I do, and that makes this a very approachable show. The wild speculation and random tangents make this a very entertaining show. I don't really have much to say, I just wanted them to read my review on the podcast. Peace sign emoji, peace sign emoji. Though, I am still always surprised at the kind of guests they managed to get for this good, good, dumb show. Yeah, how do we do that? I hustle, (laughs) my friend. I hustle like a motherfucker. Sacred
1: works. Every day. I do so. Every day. This is his full-time job I hate now. I need to
0: tell you this, but I truly do. Every day I'm emailing people I'm saying... I'm so
1: sorry. For, sorry.
0: I love it. Okay. I get to talk to my heroes. As
1: long as you like it, dude.
0: It, they're all my heroes. Every single person we've Just ever Just say the
1: world to, and we gosh. leave this world together. Okay. <laughs>
0: can we... When we are done with the last song of fake nudes, can <sighs> okay. we live commit seppuku on the air?
1: Well, yes. We need seconds, though.
0: Oh sure, sure, sure. We have to mandate who's who gonna comes who's in
1: gonna next. cut your head one of off. Us,
0: didn't one of us say that Jared Anderson from the Crypto Naturalist was our second? Yeah,
1: so he's gonna have to cut both our heads off. Yes, I think so.
0: Oh, I think you meant seconds to take over the podcast after we were dead.
1: Oh well, that who's gonna? There won't be any more podcasts. <laughs> who's
0: gonna ride my wild horses. Eventually, there will. Ev, here's the thing: there will always be more podcasts <laughs> as long as the bare naked ladies are alive and kicking. There will always be more podcasts. Do you think they'll ever retire? No, and after this, we're going to move on to Stevie P's uh, solo albums, and then Brothers Cregan, no, no, and then no. Thin Buckle, no, em, no. We and have- Dom DeLuise. <laughs> we have infinite podcasts to go, no, We'll no. never be finished.
1: Please, no. Oh, Ev, boy. What do you have to plug this week? Release me.
0: <laughs> the sweet release of Death?
1: Oh, man. I don't think... I think even... They would, they would come to me in the, in the afterlife. Mm-hmm. You know.
0: Who do you think Jared would kill first? If we both committed seppuku at the same time, we both put the knife into the stomach. Who do you think...
1: I think that he would kill me first because I'm taller and when I'm kneeling, he could get, like, if we were doing it right next to each oh. other, he could, if he's... Got enough Strong. swing. He's got yes. enough momentum behind that. He could cut through my neck, and then on the downswing, also cut through yours. That
0: would be gr- if we died in the same swing. <laughs> oh, buddy, there's no other that way. i would I'd be rather so nice. We could leave two child, par- fatherless yeah. parents. Well,
1: we're gonna not children. We're oh, not fuck. gonna like drink any milk or anything like the calcium in it, so our bones are super soft. Sure,
0: absolutely. <laughs> like salami. Yeah, we're gonna fall for the last, last time. time. <laughs> absolutely.
1: You just uh, yeah, the last thing will be the only professional part of our show, where you hear the music, and then like the. Th- thump of two bodies hitting the floor
0: (laughs) the sad piano song as our bodies hit the floor (laughs) i'm gonna actually commission a piano version of let the bodies hit the floor (laughs) for the last episode (laughs) i think that would be fun
1: does that song have notes in it
0: (laughs) um (laughs) yeah god maybe i've already commissioned it and it's the ending theme for this
1: episode (laughs) spoiler it is not. no. That's five dollars. I'll give you five dollars right now. Here's the thing. I, that's something I'd like to pay for. <laughs>
0: really? Is Let the bodies hit the, the floor. floor. Please. I we we've spent so much on this podcast. We spend like money every month, month? <laughs> and it gets us nothing. I spent money to apply to the Columbus Podcast Festival. It's a it's a joy. It is a joy. Is it a joy? It is a joy.
1: We spend about a like a. I, I always I always think of things in, like, meals out. Okay. So I spend about a a nice meal out a month on this podcast.
0: Yeah. Wait, is it like... No. Uh, it's like $20. A, a
1: moderately nice yeah, meal. Well, yeah. a nice meal out for me is, like, Red Robin. Really? You can get a Bergie. You can get endless freebs.
0: <laughs> That's a nice meal, though?
1: Yeah. I mean, I don't go in for I don't necessarily oh. need uh I mean cuz you can go to a you can go to a restaurant, sit down, nice sit sure. in a restaurant, get yourself a burger and fries. If it's not too pretentious, you're probably looking at like 10-15 yeah. bucks.
0: Like and nice you throw meal. in a 5
1: buck tip and you're a fucking hero.
0: You are. A nice meal for me is like the like the Ritz Carlton, I would say. Like um, the
1: like the Ritz crackers.
0: Now, buddy, now you're talking <laughs> my language. I'm saker. I'm, I'm Abbott. Abbott. we'll See you again. In what? Wait. Wait. Hey. 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 hey.
1: Bum, bum, bum.